Morena Tefano. Hey, it's good to be with you this morning. I don't know how you've been feeling, but for me, this, this year is just like flying by. Is that the same as just me? Yeah, isn't it? It's just, it, we're in April, like we're halfway through April. Can you believe it? And for me, I felt like this year, Easter, just kind of flashed by. And I just didn't really get a chance to think about the whole resurrection thing. And I didn't get a chance to, to just sort of meditate on it a bit. And before I knew it, you know, last weekend had come and gone and then we're on, you know, into the next thing. And um, I was thinking about that the last couple of weeks and also thinking about when Pastor Steve came and he talked about his story. And then I, you know, those two things in my brain just sort of ha- somehow connected. And I thought, you know, we each one of us have our own resurrection story. And so this morning I wanted to kind of unpack our resurrection story. <clears throat> I have a little bit of trouble in my throat this morning, but we'll get there. Just bear with me. You know, when we come to the Lord, we accept Him into our life. It's like we step from the grave into our resurrection, into the say, He invites us to come into a resurrected life It's like when the stone has been rolled away and we come into new life. And I, you know, I thought there's three things that we can look at with this. That number one, Jesus was in the tomb. Number two, the stone was rolled away. And number three, Jesus was resurrected. But the cool thing is in Romans 6, Uh, three to five, it says, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him and through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. So we are meant to be a people of resurrection. We're meant to be a people who have been raised out of the tomb. Amen. You with me? Okay. How do we, how do we unpack that? How do we find ourselves in the resurrection story? And that's what I really want us to have some time this morning to reflect on. And I thought the best way to do that might be to unpack a bit of my own story of what my journey was going from the tomb to resurrection. And, you know, I was, um, I was raised in a pretty messed up family. It was pretty dysfunctional, pretty messed up. My dad was a, a very angry, bitter, violent man. Violence was just part of everyday life in our home. And you never knew when, when dad was going to lose it and just grab whatever was nearby and lash out. And he actually lived by this. He, he said to me so many times, son, you've got to beat your wife at least once a month. That women need a good beating. They get too emotional if they don't get a regular beating. He said, if you're going to be a real man, you have to do your duty as a husband and beat your wife. And believe me, he lived by that creed. That same thing also applied to us kids. 
He, he believed the same thing for kids. If you want to raise kids right, you've got to beat them regularly. And he would grab anything that was nearby and just lash into myself and my brother. So he grew up with this violence in the home. And I remember so many times seeing my mother lying, rolled up in a ball on the kitchen floor, him having just beaten her. And, and this anger started to build inside of me. I felt helpless to stop it, you know, but so I started to get angry. And when I was 14, my mum had had enough and she kicked him out. And his parting shot to me was this. He said, well, he said, you're no son of mine anyway. And I thought, oh, here's this poor excuse for a father who's telling me I'm not even good enough to be his son. And the pain of that rejection just built the anger inside of me more and more. And I became angry at the world. I became angry at anyone who looked at me the wrong way, who, who hassled me, who said the wrong thing. I was at school. I was getting into fights all the time, getting into trouble. And then I started to take that anger out to the streets, going out Friday nights, Saturday nights, just looking for an excuse to get into a fight, anywhere I could just release that rage that was sitting inside of me. And the violence just started to escalate from there as it does as you grow up and it goes from getting in fist fights at school to getting in fights on the street. And one time I took on a guy with a knife and nearly lost my, my finger. That was a really dumb idea. Another time, just wanted, I tried to take on this whole car load of, of gang members and that was an even worse idea. We ended up in a shootout in Main Street in Tauranga, you know. But it was, I just didn't care. Like, I would get into this rage and I didn't care. And it wasn't courage because I, I know courage. Having been later in my life, been under fire with men and women, I've seen what real courage is. And real courage is when you, you do love your life, but for the sake of others, you're prepared to put your life on the line. That's real courage. What I was doing wasn't courage. Because the reality was inside, I just didn't care. And I think there's a part of me that just wanted it all to end, wanted the pain to finish. And you can imagine if I had stayed in that place, that is the place of the tomb. That is the place of death. That is the place where there is no life. That's not living. When, we, when, we're, when we're living like that, that is not real living. If I had stayed in that place, you can imagine how my story would have gone on. When I met Lisa, I would have been angry and abusive to her. That anger would have destroyed her. She wouldn't be the, the loving, cheerful, wonderful woman that she is today. It would have gone on to my kids. They would have grown up with an angry, abusive father. I would have taught them the same lessons that my father taught me. And then they would have gone on to abuse their partners. And the cycle would have just continued. I guess probably eventually I would have ended up doing time, either for abusing 
my family or for killing someone on the streets. It's not hard to imagine how that story would have turned out. But praise God, this is a resurrection story. And there comes that point in all of our lives where Jesus gives us the invitation out of the tomb. When we can see that the stone is rolled away. You know, for me, it kind of happened like this. I met Lisa, but I also met her mum. And um, I don't know if any of you guys know Mama Jules, but um, like she is this full-on faith-filled woman. She takes no prisoners when it comes to things of God, right? She is like all out. And so when I came along in my anger and my ignorance and my arrogance and said, oh, come on, lady, there's no such thing as God. You're a fool for believing that stuff. You can imagine how that turned out, right? Wasn't a pretty sight. And so after, I don't know, we'd had weeks of arguing. Lisa finally was like, that's enough. We're not doing this anymore. If we're going to continue to hang out, you've got to sort this out and not with my mother. So she said, for goodness sakes, go and see a pastor and and someone else besides my mum. And so I thought, oh, man, okay, she's really, like, she's serious about this. I better do something about it. So I thought just to please her, I went down, got on my bike, rode down to the Elam Church in Hamilton and uh, met with a guy, Pastor Rex. And uh, I'd hardly got my helmet off my head before I was just ripping into him about how foolish he was and his stupid God and it was a crutch and it was only for the week, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And he was like, whoa, 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 you know. He said to me, now praise God for this man. He said to me, we could argue this for weeks, I'm sure, and nothing good would come out of it. He said, do you want to meet God? I I was told you there's no such thing as God, you know, like. And I thought, aha, you can do your woo prayer thing. And after you've gone woo, I'll go, yeah, well, that didn't work, did it? You know, and I thought, I gotcha. And uh, so he, he kind of he laid his hands on my head gently. And I remember just as he started to do that, I was like, well, God, if you're this big deal and you're out there, then come on, you're going to have to front up, man up, show me what, what's what, you know? I'm so arrogant. Next minute, it's exactly what happened. God just exploded into my mind. And it was like the scales, you know, were removed. My spirit came alive and I sensed and I felt the presence of the almighty God coming on me. I can tell you, I hit that floor and I was down there for, I don't know how long. It was a long time, you know. And while I was there, God came in and revealed the reality of himself. And more than that, he came and he removed the pain and the anger that I had. Like I just, you get, you get so used to having that, ang- that lump, that anger inside of you. And I knew, wow, it's gone. It's gone. And I can tell you, just as the word says, I stood up from that moment, a new creation in Christ. Amen. So then it was quite funny. What happened next, right? So then, you know, Pastor Rex, he's, he's trying to lead me in the salvation prayer. So he wants to make sure that I have accepted Jesus as my Savior. The problem is that while I'm down there, the Lord had given me this heavenly language. 
the gift of tongues. And I couldn't remember how to speak in English. So I'm sort of sitting there on the floor and he's like, do you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And I'm going, Shurabaka Sambaraba Shugri, you know, and I'm, uh, okay, I'll take that as a yes. Right, and then he's trying to lead me through this prayer and we had this kind of funny moment where he says, yeah. He says, you belong to God. And um, that was the day that I accepted the invitation of Christ. That was the day when that stone was rolled away and I stepped out of the tomb of darkness, out of the death, the spiritual death that I had been in and I stepped out into his light and into that resurrected life where my spirit was resurrected with Christ. How did I move from the tomb to resurrection? It was a decision that I made to cast off the things of the tomb and to step out through that entrance. And this is a step that we all have to decide. It's a decision we make. And as we decide, yes, Lord, the Holy Spirit comes and leads us gently out of the tomb. So there's one thing about stepping out of the tomb, right? One of the cool things is it's not just about us. As we begin to step into that resurrected life, as we begin to be spiritually renewed and then our soul begins to be renewed and the pain drops away and we start to let go of the old things, it affects those around us as well. So it wasn't just about me. It's affected Lisa. It's affected my kids. Now, you know, we're kind of years down the journey. It's affected thousands of people around the world that we have been able to minister to, whether it's bringing food, water, shelter, or the gospel and the light of the gospel. It's like we drop, you know, a pebble is dropped in the water and those rings just go out, those rings of blessing as we go out. And it reminds me of what happens in, um, in Jerusalem every year. We were in Jerusalem for five years. We lived there. And every year the Palestinian Christians, they carry out the celebration that's been going since the 1300s. It's been going every year since the 1300s. And they call it the, the, the ceremony or the, the celebration of holy light or holy fire. And what happens is that in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, which is one of the two places where they think Jesus was buried, um, the patriarch of the Orthodox Church goes in and it's checked beforehand that there's no lighters or matches all in there. He takes a candle, and miraculously, every year, that candle is lit. And he, he passes that candle out through a hole in the side of the tomb. Now, I wasn't present in the tomb with him, but I was on the outside. And I know that as the light came out, the presence of God fell in that place. The hairs on the back of my neck stood up, my goosebumps on my arms, and the tears just started to stream down my face. I don't know why I was crying, except I knew I was in the presence of God. It was like being in the throne room of God. And that light was passed, like one after another, we all lit our candles from that candle. And that light is then goes on airplanes to Greece, and it goes to Turkey, and it spread all through the area of the, of the early church, the seven churches, 
and that light spreads out. And that's like us as we bring the light. It's, it's infectious. We transfer that light from person to person. And that's no more of a miracle that happens in that tomb today as the miracle that happens in our own lives when we move from the tomb to the resurrected life. When we step through that doorway, it's a miracle of transformation that happens in our hearts. Amen. What does that look like? It means that we don't hold on to unforgiveness. Oh, that unforgiveness. You know, it's funny. We want to be healed. We want to let go of the baggage, but we want to hang on to the unforgiveness. But I tell you, it's a package deal, right? It all goes together. If you want to let go of the pain, you want to let go of the, of the baggage, you got to let go of the unforgiveness. They go together. You know, it's about letting go of the old ways of thinking. You know, those tapes in our mind that tell us how useless we are and what we can't do and that we're no good and, and nobody loves us and God doesn't really love us. And, you know, all those old ways of thinking, we got to let go of those. We got to let go of those feelings. We got to let go of the old sinful habits. Because I'll tell you, if we don't, we're holding on to the grave. And it's interesting when the disciples went to the grave and they saw that the stone had been rolled away. And what, was, what did they see in the tomb? Jesus was gone. He was no longer there. What was left in the tomb? It was the grave clothes, right? The linen that he'd been wrapped in. The grave clothes belong in the grave. And when we move from the grave into resurrection, we have to let go of those grave clothes. They no longer belong with us. They no longer have a place in our lives. We got to let the things of the grave be in the grave. Let those things go. You don't take grave clothes into new life. They're smelly. They're ugly. <laughs> yeah, they're the things of death. So why do we hang on to it? It's time to let go. Let go of that unforgiveness. Let go of that old way of thinking. Let go of that baggage, all that pain of the past. And let the Holy Spirit come. And yeah, the Holy Spirit is beautiful. He takes that unforgiveness and he gives us love. He takes those old grudges and he gives us a heart to bless others. He takes those old ways of thinking and he renews our mind. He, he, he helps us create new tapes based on the truth of his word, not the lies of the enemy. He takes all those old bad feelings and instead he gives us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, and the self-control to let go of the old habits as well. This is the process of coming out of the grave and into a resurrected life. I wonder if the keys can come and join me. Thanks, Daniel. I'm not sharing all this stuff this morning just so that you can hear a story about what happened to me, but rather that we take some time to just reflect 
Where are we in this resurrection story? Where are we, are we still sitting in the tomb? Seeing that the, that the stone has been rolled away, but not taking that step into resurrection? Or are we moving out of the tomb, but still holding on to some of those old things? Are we trying to carry the grave clothes with us as we move out of the tomb? We wonder why we're not really experiencing the fullness of spiritual resurrection. Where are you this morning? It's two things that I want to give us the opportunity this morning. Why don't we all stand together? Can we do that? You don't want to say that If you're still standing in the tomb this morning, today is the day to come out into the life, to let go of those old things. And it's so easy because Jesus has made the way clear. When he died on the cross, he rolled that stone away for us. So, you know, what did that stone represent? That stone, why did they have a stone across the tomb? The stone was the barrier between the living and the dead. The stone separated the dead from the living and Jesus has rolled that stone away. We are free today to take that step, to come through into life, into the light. And it's an easy step, brothers and sisters. We just open our heart and we invite him in. We're going to pray now and... um, If this is your day, you're ready to take that step. I want you to pray after me. Repeat after me. Church, let's all repeat after me. Lord Jesus Christ, I ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I ask you forgiveness for all the wrong that I have done. I receive your forgiveness. I promise to follow you all the days of my life. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that for the first time this morning, can you just give me a little wave? We we just want to celebrate. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you, sister. Thank you. Thank you, sister. Hallelujah. Okay, just before we finish, you know, the Holy Spirit is here this morning. Amen. We are not meant to carry the weight of those old grave clothes. We are meant to know life and life in its fullness. Brothers and sisters, it's time to let go. Let go of those things of the grave. They're no use to us. We don't need them. They're just weighing us down. So let's just be still before the Lord. Press in, open our eyes and our spiritual eyes and ears and let the Holy Spirit come into our hearts this morning. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your love for us. We thank you. And Lord, this morning we want to release all unforgiveness to you. 
everybody that's harmed us, every person that we still hold something against, we release them to you, not because they deserve it, but because we don't need to carry that anymore. We release it to you, Lord. Release the unforgiveness to you. Lord, we want our hand, we want you to come into our minds. Holy Spirit, take those old tapes, those old ways of thinking, all those things that say, I'm not good enough. I'm not worth anything. I can't do it. God, you can't possibly love someone like me. We give you those tapes, Holy Spirit. Take them, take them. Put into our minds your words of truth that we are loved by you, that we are worthy through the sacrifice of Jesus, that we are your sons and daughters, that we have a place beside you, that you are our heavenly Father. Hallelujah, that you have lifted us out of the grave. We thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, bring your healing. You are the comforter. You're the God who heals. Come into us. Heal. Heal us. Every, every word that was spoken against us, take it away, Lord. Every wound on our soul, every wound in our spirit, take it away, Jesus. Take it away, Holy Spirit. Bring your healing. Fill us with your love. Fill us with your peace. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.